This is Women Authors of Achievement podcast, episode 44, with guest Stephanie Detman. Hello, everyone. I'm your host, Daria Svorova, and welcome to the show. After studying communications and business, Stephanie Detman started her advertising career in 1998 at the well-known creative agency, you probably know of it, Jung von Matt. She worked with lifestyle brands such as Six, Mimi, BMW, Ferrero, and many, many more. Then came a change in her career as she switched to the beauty industry and co-founded organic beauty label Hund Gretel. We speak about how she was selecting her first business partners in building the company brand from scratch. I also asked Stephanie about the main success factor of building a beauty label in a highly, highly competitive cosmetic market. When you feel like you want to learn more about the show, find us on Instagram at waa.berlin or subscribe to the podcast on Spotify. Hello, hello, and welcome, Stephanie. Great to welcome you in the studio today. Thank you so much for coming over, and I have many questions in store for you today. Thank you very much, Daria, for inviting me. Pleasure meeting you, and I'm excited. Awesome. So, Stephanie, to be honest, so I was checking your Instagram lately. Well, (laughs) Well. (laughs) let's not go into details, but I was. And I saw that you have been traveling for a couple of months in U.S., and you've been always on the go. So, and first of all, You've traveled through entire U.S. always, almost like every five days you were changing a state city. So there's a lot of things happening. Second, you were running your business. So despite this time zone difference, it was not a holiday. It was proper workation maybe, or actually just working, normal work uh, with a different uh, time zone kind of schedule. And then you were also running your family, right? You were homeschooling your children. The children were with you all the time. So how did you stay afloat with so much happening? I mean, tell me about that. Yeah. So my life is full of challenges. <laughs> Let me say that in the first step. I love challenges. And it wasn't planned like this. And I keep saying we would have never planned it. Mm-hmm. We would have never done, you know, like sat down and say like, you know what, let's escape for three months and work from there. So it was like it happened initially because we left Berlin on the 12th of December going to San Francisco together with a bunch of friends because um, some close friends, um, they were celebrating their movie premiere in San Francisco. And from there, after the premiere, we were supposed to fly to Mexico for some vacation. And then on the 5th of January, we were supposed to fly back. But then, my as my husband is a musician, a DJ, the news came that there's another lockdown. So we were in the situation saying like, should we really go back? Because he couldn't work and we didn't know how it would go, you know, further with the schools. And we decided and said like, you know what, let's give it a try. We stay here. He could work from there. He, he made a little tour. He could touring. I could work from there. And we did homeschooling with the big one. And um, the little one is still in kindergarten. So that wasn't a problem. And we were just saying like, that was just, you know, I think you have just some certain moments in life where you really make a decision for life. And that was the greatest decision ever. So we, it was the biggest adventure. I mean, we organized everything. We took to the school and we just, we were there and saying like, okay, so it's the 5th of January. So we need a new home for the next couple of days or the weeks. So first of all, the tour was set up. So we knew which cities Marissa was playing. 
So we were in Mexico City, from there we flew to Miami, and I organized it via Airbnb. Oh, wow. And I was never, I really, I really tell you, I mean, I booked, I think, maybe one time before an Airbnb. But it was just like, okay, let's do it and let's use it. So we booked it really short term. We flew to Miami. We were in an apartment. We were doing this homeschooling thing. It was, of course, a challenge every day. But it was, for me, let's take like this, it was the experience of a work-life balance. Was like, it? It was. Because I normally say there is no work-life balance. Because, you know, that I think work-life balance always means there is work and there is life. But for me, like life and work is one thing. So elaborate here. So you don't necessarily like start at X, Y, Z time and finish and then spend time mm. with your children and family. Like it's, it's all mixed. It's kind of it, all. It, it is. Definitely. Okay. I haven't found the perfect kind of like flow. But yeah, this is it. This is my life. Because of course, it's a different thing if you run your own business. And then I can't say like now it stops. You know, there there might be something which is important. But this is about this balance thing. And this is why I said I was never, you know, I, I was never telling like, this is my work-life balance. I had the kids around me. My family was there. I could still do my business. We could combine everything. And that was a great experience. Okay. Maybe that's also the secret here. You kind of scrapped off the balance part and just said, this is my decision. And then mentally you just, well, I'm prepared for this. This is happening. Let it be. There's no balance. Exactly. But that's my life. Yeah. But there's a lot of pressure finding this balance. True. You know, I was like, I got asked in every interview. And like you said, isn't there like a time when you stop and then you t just take care of your kids? Mm -hmm. And of course, if you would, you know, have it in a discussion, people would say this is going to, this would be the right way. But I'm still on a journey and I'm still learning every day. Turning 50 this year, and to be honest, it's the first time in my life when we came back that I was like shifting the things a little bit and saying, you know, normally I was building the family around the company for a lot of reasons. And of course, also very heartbreaking in some some situations. And now when we were when we were back, I was I was telling my husband, I was saying like, you know what, my love, I think now I start to build the company around the family. Which could also mean like there might be a time in the evening where I just put my phone away and then it's just family. But, you know, we'll see. We'll see. I love how gonna... you're just like very optimistic and open minded about this. I, I, I mean, I'm totally not stressed. You're just like, this no. is how it is. Of course. Th that's my why life. Should I yeah. yeah. Why should I stress myself? I it's like that. there's a lot, a lot of stress, but it's. It's, you know, it's the way that, and it's your personal flow and it's a family flow also. It's not like I'm not telling, you know, I'm not telling you have to do this and, and this to, when I get asked how you, do, how you do it or how should I do it? It's a really personal thing. How was your uh, upbringing? Like, did that influence like your approach to life and your like stress resistance? It's really funny because I just uh, made some stories before I jumped in, in here My stress level was always very high. I mean, I'm like, I'm educated in advertising. That means when I finished my study in 1998, <laughs> <laughs> I started in one of the greatest advertising agencies. And um, I just met one of the two founders. And I'm not like the person who has a lot of mentoring programs or I don't need that. I just, you know, I know a lot of people and some of them, you know, they guide me, but he's really one of my mentors and it's Jean-Rémy Fonmat. 
from Jung von Matt. And I met him on a dinner, like beginning of the week with his wonderful wife. And I told him and I said, like, listen, because he was asking, you know, I said, like, Steph, what is your brand doing? And I'm like, you made me the person and the, the business person I am. So, you know, I have a condition in when it comes to stress, which is really, really, I mean, outstanding always means like it's a positive thing. Of course, it's a positive thing. On the other hand, it's, it's a special thing. So mm -hmm. I'm really, I can hold a lot. I can't just, you know, like there is always like a level which is not the average. And this is combined with an energy And some friends always say, like, I'm like asterisks. You know, when I was a baby, I felt into, like, I don't know in what kind of fluid it was. But I'm like, I have that superpower in myself, which doesn't mean that I also have, like, times where I'm, like, crying or I'm upset. But I have a cross in my hand. I have this tattoo in my hand. And I still I have a strong belief in myself. And I trust myself. And this comes from my childhood. I think this is what really keeps me going and that keeps that energy and a certain level and the positivity, you know, I always see a change in everything. When some things come up, I always bless them. And the first thing, I'm blessed, I'm thankful that something comes up to me and then I look and go deeper and then I can see, is it really a chance or should I do it or should I leave it? And I think this is also something that is a very typical thing for me, like as the founder of a company and an entrepreneur, you know, having like, I, I'm fearless. That's what I, what I keep that's, saying. That's the energy coming from Lake Constance, probably. <laughs> exactly. That's the Beautiful origins. Beautiful environment. Yeah. <laughs> light, light. Um, so uh, from at Jung von Matt, but also other advertising creative agency, you worked with lots of lifestyle brands and clients, which is Six BMW at other agencies with Ferrero, Powergrade. How did you keep up with the pace of agency life and like really what kept you there? I mean, there were like, these were the great times of advertising. I mean, the 80s were even better, but that was too small. But it was this community thing. It was, I mean, of course, I was a single girl or even I had relationship, but I was just responsible for myself. And we used to work 24 hours, seven days a week. And it felt good. Of course, there were some people who didn't like it, fair enough, but I just loved it. And we, we lived for that. It was advertising. When I was small and I got asked what you would like to be, and I was like, even an actor or I work in advertising. So, and then working, having this luck, you know, to work with this wonderful people and these top creatives and this bunch of clients, you were just saying, great brands, you know, lifestyle brands. Uh, with a history behind and creating something that was just like the mix of all. And then, you know, feeling moving something, making people also happy. On the other hand, you know, you took the money they didn't have. I don't expect <laughs> that to spend it. So it's, it's not charity, of course. Right, Maybe right. that's why I want to do a lot of charity now. Yeah. But, you know, it was that certain energy. And I think it's really hard to find that in times like this. It was just another generation. And I had that talk with Jean-Romy also when we were in the dinner. And I was saying, like, it's super hard to find people and to create that feeling again, that it's not always about sabbatical and not about always like work-life balance. But the people like types. burning with fire. Burning with fire. fire right? And the about passion something. and the yeah. love. You yeah, know, right, like it's right. all about passion also. And when you feel something is like... I can't do things where my heart doesn't, you know, feel it. But when your heart beats for that and you have that passion, 
then I'm just like unstoppable. I love, I love that. I'm 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 getting I'm getting goosebumps. I'm getting <laughs> energized here. So you work with the lifestyle brands, but mm-hmm. then you never worked with the um, beauty slash cosmetic brands and clients. So then you kind of made this big career change and started your own beauty brand. How did that happen that you realized, okay, let me switch things around in my life? I was at a certain point. We just came back from Japan. I was already together with my now uh, husband. And we came back from Japan where he was playing a tour. And I think you can feel those times in life where there is a change coming. It's about either like the seven years steps. Of course, every seven years, there's like a a step in your life. And I felt that. And I also felt that this advertising job, I was passionate, still kind of passionate, but, you know, it, it was like I had it all in terms of like I didn't want to go further. I never wanted to build my own company or found my own company, advertising agency. I never wanted to build an own advertising agency. That's So I was very open And um, that is a really drama in a drama type of life. We came back from Japan and they were all wearing the masks. Of course, we know them now. And I was thinking I had that business idea to use that masks uh, for advertising. And I was like, why isn't Chanel, you know, doing the the little saignets on the mask when there is a show? But just like thinking about Japan and Asia, because they all looked very, you know, they were dressed beautifully, they had their makeup, and then there was this clean white mask. And even going further in terms of why don't we use that mask in hospitals for kids, like doing like a clown mouth or something, just use that thing, you know, lose it, use it, the surface, use the... So interesting that today that's the case, right? And I should have done that. But yeah, of course. <laughs> I didn't for a reason. There's always a reason in life. That's also a very strong belief in myself. Uh, you know, things just, they don't just happen by accident. There's always, a, you know, there's always a reason behind. So I had that idea in mind already, which let me feel there is another time of life coming. And um, I couldn't figure out how. And then I met the girlfriend of my neighbor, Uh, on the balcony, I know her from like saying hi. And she she called me over and she said like, hey, come on over because I want to tell you something. She's a makeup artist, uh, used to be for a long time also. And um, she told me about that idea. She said like, I get asked so many times, you know, why is makeup always still full of toxic? Why isn't there a natural alternative mm-hmm. to high-performing makeup? Mm-hmm. And she was thinking about it. And she said, like, oh, and I also, I would name it Und Gretel. So, and I was thinking, like, first I was like, okay, the idea of makeup, like high-performing makeup in a natural way, isn't that on the market yet? And this is always, I keep saying that in interviews, this is the proof of a good idea. If someone tells you a great idea and you think, like, it should be on the market, yet, right. right? Because then you can say there's a need. And if I, you know, feel a need for this, there might be thousands of other people feeling that need to. So she was just, you know, telling me these, this idea, which I felt great. The name, I was like, I, I was super impressed by the name because, you know, coming from marketing and advertising, it was like everybody asked a second time, Und Gretel? Where's Say it Hans? again. Say it again. <laughs> and that was the second one. And when is the man line coming is also a question. And then I said, like, I would add Berlin because, you know, it's a brand Berlin. 
we added that right. then in a later step. So that was the start. And um, I told her she, she should definitely do it and she should do that and that and that. And then I think a couple of weeks later, we met again, not by accident, I think, you know, on purpose. And um, she asked me and said, like, listen, you know, I, I'm a creative and I need someone, you know, doing that business with me. Mm. Would you be up for that? And I decided like in a second. It was like, there it is. You know, the thing I was like open for, couldn't figure out, but there it was. And I felt like, yes, let's do that. So tell me about the brand. I mean, what kind of brand you wanted to create with Ungretel? Because it has a traditional, very traditional name, Ungretel, mm -hmm. kind of referencing the German folk. Though it's based in Berlin, it's natural cosmetics, though it's not simple natural cosmetics, it's luxury natural cosmetics. What did you want your customers to feel when they interact with Ungrental and with the brand and what kind of feeling they should get out of it? It's exactly the feeling that I get back now from the customer. It's that love for the brand. Uh -huh. And this is the most exciting part, part of founding and creating and building a brand. So from the scratch, it was always a goal to say that it's very authentic, that it's not like, you know, a marketing brand build an Instagram for two years. It was always, I kept saying like, when we built this brand, I want this brand staying forever in the market. So the brand is built in a market where you had to deal with a lot of compromises in the head of consumers. When it came to like natural makeup, it was still the thing of not really high performing colors, you know, like it was not sexy. So the first thing for the brand was we're bringing together two things, which is still separate in the hearts of people. And um, we'll bring them together, sexiness and completely natural, like having a brand which is high performing when it comes to product, but it's certified. We, we went even deeper. We said, like, we need an, we need a proof and saying, like, this is certified. This is a guarantee that it's really all natural. And it's free from chemical ingredients, artificial Everything. fragrances, synthetic preservatives, and animal testing. Yeah. So it's, it's not close to natural. Right. It is completely natural. It is certified, every wow. single product. Mm -hmm. And the brand is a brand which is for everybody. Take the name Und Gretel. You can say like Daria Und Gretel. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's something like to identify with it. And it's about values. And first of all, for yourself, you know, and Gretel is to treat yourself, to make yourself happy and let you feel the most important person mm -hmm. in your life. Mm -hmm. But also the, the, the styling and the packaging is yeah. very contemporary. It is. Yeah. So that's built on Bauhaus. Oh. And it was always it was also from the beginning with our wonderful designer, Florian Dengler. It was in the brief where we said we're not going to come up with flowers which is kind of the, you know, which you might expect when it comes to a natural brand. We're not going to go on neon colors or certain colors, which, you know, which are fancy now. And then in two years, we have to, you know, yeah. redesign the whole right. thing. That's the key thing you were going for, timeless. Exactly. Okay. It's timeless and it's sustainable, of course, in terms of lifetime. It was a completely different natural makeup brand that at that time, has been on the market. But nonetheless, weren't you afraid to enter already a very overly saturated beauty cosmetics marketplace? We had respect. I'm just, you know, I can just talk about myself. But like I said before, I'm like, 
kind of fearless. So I think having the courage, you know, and the strong belief, there was always that really, really strong belief that the world needs Und Gretel. I'm still convinced about that. And this strong belief and the love and the passion to build that brand and to give that brand all the love I have in me and certain values that comes with the brand made me really, really strong to think that we're going to make it. We will make it. And um, there's always a way and you will always find people you know, that, that will join that adventure and then will also be kindled in terms of like, yes, let's do it. And we believe and this passion. And honestly, we found these people. That was the initial idea. But then I believe since it's an actual yeah. physical product, that takes some time. It took us six years. Six it took us six years. So the decision to do it together was in 2009. And then finally, we launched the brand in 2015 on the 17th of January at Andreas Mutkudis in mm -hmm. Berlin. Wow. Yeah, because of course, you like from the scratch, of course, I said the idea was there and uh, the name. But of course, you have to build the whole brand. You have to, of course, mainly do the, the products. Absolutely. And the product is just like, it's not only the fluid, it's, you know, the battle. It's it's like the bottle around it. It's like the packaging, first packaging, second packaging. There, it, This is such a complex The whole mixture, um, process. the formulas for every of course, product. Because I mean, there haven't been the textures on the market yet. Right. Because, I mean, they just had like a standard And we came up to them and saying, like, you know what, we want, we want a higher standard. We really want this one, which is like an, let me say, like an Armani makeup. But we want that makeup, you know, with these ingredients and we want this performance and all certified. So it took a long, long time. I have such a respect for being so passionate, but it's at the same time patient. Because today, yeah. everyone just wants to be like, have a next day success. And six years is a lot of time to put. That's a lot of preparation. And I can imagine today people would like to cut some corners, but go live, you know, like, hey, that's it. That's true. It's very competitive. Let's go tomorrow. Let's go live to, you know, in one year, within one year. And I have so much respect because you actually cared for the product, yeah. which you delivered to the customers and it had to be perfect. And before that, it's a no go. You simply don't go live if it's not ready. Absolutely. But this is something I'm not judging. And I think it's, you know, everybody's choice, mm -hmm. who they want to do it. Our way was that. And I still believe that was the right way to start it. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So, Stephanie, you closely represent the brand. Again, <laughs> me on Instagram, checking everything, seeing you everywhere. Uh, <laughs> whether it's in events, whether it's social media, you are the face of Ungretel. Why do you think for you as a founder, it's important to represent and to be associated with the brand so closely? Was it the initiative from your side when you realized that? Or was it requested by the customers that they wanted to get to know, okay, who's behind it? Interesting question. Now we got to ask that, but it's perfect. Yeah. And it's, of course, you can see there is a history, of course, and there is a process. So it was never my personal intention, like in a business plan saying like I'm the face. And you just said before, we always put the brand and the product in the first row. So that was in the first time, it was always that, of course, as a female founded business, it's also important, you know, to be there in terms of like to represent it. And I think I'm the face of Und Greta because I represent the brand in all facets. <laughs> and also I can transport the values. Like I said in the beginning, it's an authentic brand. 
It's it's a brand. We live that brand. I live that brand. My wonderful team. We are living that brand. And then, of course, we like in the first phase of Uncreto, we focused on the physical retail. We were exactly that brand. I don't know if there are friends today who do it like <laughs> like we did it, but we were saying like we'll come up with a brand and a product that has to be explained and that has to be experienced. So we wanted people to experience the brand, to feel it, to touch it, to try it, to smell it. There's so many things to tell about the brand. So we were looking for people in retail, partners who were able to invest in a new brand, who gave us the trust, you know, saying like, you know what, what you guys do is great and we support you. And without the physical retail, we would have never been able to build a brand, such a strong brand in the base that we are today. So in the first row, it was, of course, Christina and me, and we were, of course, in the press, but it was more about who there's a brand which combines this two things and it's it's a natural brand is it really organic it doesn't look like an organic brand oh it performs so it was more that and then in a second phase i came up in terms of like got asked from the community of course how is stephanie doing this or you know there is one of the founders who's transporting you know a lot of our target groups so it was kind of like an organic process that put me really in the front row. And um, I love to represent our brand and I love to, you know, give that energy and that passion about the brand and explain. So it was just like, I think it's more or less, it's an organic process that put me there. You mentioned shortly about retailers and first partners. And I think this question that I have for you, many brand owners, whether digital or physical, When they start growing and expanding, they have this question, who to pick as a retailer, as a partner, and how to have the right sales strategy when you you want to pick the partners that help you grow and enable you grow and expand, but you also want to preserve that authenticity and, you know, that kind of exclusivity of, in your case, I mean, you still wanted to be like this performing luxury kind of organic brand, right? So how did you balance those two things at the beginning and how did you approach that? For me, it was always very important to position the brand in the first phase as a luxury brand in a niche segment. I mean, we have a high pricing and that was a really sharp positioning, which made it much more clear for customers and for us as well. This is a strategy. You can also go like the mainstream strategy or you start, you know, even on a higher level and then from face to face you open up. So our decision was when it came to retail as also we were working with there were also not with the chains, big chains. We were looking for retailers. We partnered up with retailers which run their own business. Mm -hmm. So there were also business people in terms of they're running their business, they know how to do it. Um, Can you give examples of your first uh, retailers? Nicole Wieden, for okay. example, she's in Berlin. Michaela Andraschko, like the kleine Tiatina in Munich. So they helped us, you know, to get this really unique brand positioning. We had like a small group of partners and the focus was really, it was always on the brand and on the product. It was not about scaling the business up in a short time, which I would do maybe now after years a little bit differently. <laughs> But I think still and coming from the brand, 
And building this really strong brand four times afterwards, it was the right way. But always to keep the balance between being like in a luxury segment, having all these very strong competitors around it, but really like sharpen this brand's profile was something that with the help of our network was just the right way. And we didn't work with influencers. I mean, we were online, but it was just like a landing page in a little shop, but we did the business through real physical retail. Which led you to different group of customers, I would say, exactly. a little bit, uh, yeah. maybe a little bit old, older. Older, definitely okay. older. Mm -hmm. Also, when it came to the press, of course, like we were so proud being like in a Vogue or Gala. Gala was also one of our greatest partners I'm very, very thankful for because we teamed up with Gala in a very early stage, even like we, we did the contract even before we launched. It was almost at the same time for a very, very beautiful event you know, where we had access to a lot of celebrities, which became fans of the brand and which transported, you know, the, like the message. And that was this different style of building a brand like a lot of people do it today, like you said. So it's like being there in the market and is much more important than being ready for the market. So that was really our passion and our decision to build this brand. What was that point? when you look back, when the things got less challenging for you, because parallel with founding Gretel, you also had your both of your children right along the, the way. <laughs> so I did. the motherhood came into place. Then you probably went through this product development, finding financing for the company. So when was that moment when really you could just breathe out a bit and then there was... <laughs> Uh, let me think about uh, it. Um, and when there was this flow, more maybe a bit of a flow of things. Okay, we're laughing. <laughs> I hope it will still come. <laughs> I hope it still come. Um, uh. Yeah, because I mean, it is a journey. It's a roller coaster. And talking about the faces of my of uh, that roller of coaster. that roller coaster means like in the beginning when we were preparing and we were you know preparing the lounge and like. In that kind of process, in these six years that I told you, I married my husband and I had my first child. And then when we launched 2015, I was pregnant half a year later and had my second child in 2016, which was, of course, one of the most challenging years. I mean, the first year is also challenging, but the second, of course, like in a company. I just grow into this. And I'm like, like I said, there are like little, little islands in between where you have to learn to breathe, you know, like, but then there's another challenge coming and there's a good day and you breathe and there's the, the second day and it's like everything is completely different. I think we went through a really tough time with Und Gretel. Also, the lockdown came, you know, we had to switch the whole strategy, turn it into online, but we always had this really strong base of the brand and the wonderful community. We turned into a love brand, which I would never, you know, say by myself, but, you know, Ungretel is called a love brand. And I think this, this is the most important thing, even in times where you can't breathe, to feel this helps you to go, you know, further. So I think we're, we're still not at that moment where you can like, breathe and just let it go. Of course, I always let every go in terms mm -hmm. of like not holding and putting pressure. But of course, I mean, times have changed so much. I mean, since COVID, 
The world is upside down. And now we're entering a very challenging phase again because people are sick of online, mostly, because, of course, everybody was sitting in front of this computer. Everybody was, you know, shopping online. Amazon came, whoever. And now you can feel people want to go out. They want to, you know, meet people physical. They want to have someone representing the brand. They want to have someone telling them about it and holding a little back and then going home. And so I think this is going to be very challenging and super exciting for us to see how consumers, you know, they change now and how we can we can be there for them. Where can we go? Where can we, you know, support them? Where do they expect the brand? Where, yeah, how can we go further together mm -hmm. now entering the next segments? If you look back with making Ungretel a success and making it a known brand in Germany and, and probably you have, you, I will ask you a question about uh, what's <laughs> coming next. I'm very curious. What do you think was like that one secret ingredient that helped you to succeed and to be present, to be visible and recognized in the cosmetics marketplace? First of all, it's, of course, the network, the passion and the love, which is in the brand. But it's also the very professional way we did it in terms of like the product was ready for the market. We have an, a unique branding. We have a unique name. The whole story and the way we presented a brand mm -hmm. was like authentic. It was honest and it was different to other competitors in the market. I think this is this is a, is a great mix and I'm really blessed and I'm really grateful for that but mainly also having the the access you know to people to share the idea with or you know to get support and of course it's the perfect time I mean there is always a time for everything and when we started it was quite early and of course still I mean Berlin is all will always be a bubble but Of course, the consumer has changed and there is a big need for natural and organic because the lifestyle has changed. That's true. I mean, 2015, yeah. that's... I, I, that was I, really early. It's very early, right? It was really early, but even at that time, talking to the right retailers, and that's how we picked them also, you know, where, where are the retailers who has the consumer's They're also a little bit further mm -hmm. and they, they also got, they already got asked for, is there a natural alternative product? Mm -hmm. So being there on, on the right time, on the right spot is kind of one of the secrets that there is a lot of luck that also, you know, has to be there. That's the secret. Be at the right place at the right be time. At, exactly. Be so what's, right what's ahead of you? Tell me, Stephanie, what are you working on? What are the big plans? <laughs> We're having a great workshop Monday and then a follow-up thing. Of course, because you always modify, you always, you know, in, in terms of like strategy-wise and, and Brent must try to optimize. Mm -hmm. We're working on new products, of course, a new category, I can tell, where we get asked a lot of times already since the beginning. We're working on that. Of course, we're working on an international strategy oh wow exciting <laughs> yeah we do also that more news to come i guess more news to come this brings me to my very last question stephanie i hope you're ready for it <laughs> you are that's <laughs> the good. last already oh. the last oh yeah okay so who would you like to highlight as a woman who you would say is your definition of woman author of achievement like i said before 
I'm not the type of like a lot of mentoring programs. And I would shout out that to my mom because she's the one, of course, my dad also, but she was the one, she was my role model because, I mean, she's born in the 40s. She came into that marriage. She couldn't even cook. Uh, just one dish. And she developed herself during that marriage, which wasn't easy, of course, like in a very conservative way that I grew up also, like a dad, a mom, and he was like, he was working. And, and she was like, she showed me how to develop and how to, you know, get into your strength and um, get your superpower when you think and when you're convinced and you believe what you can do and you can do everything. If you, you know, whatever you want to do, you can do it. She was like, like I said, that's why I mentioned that example of not, you know, not being able to cook. She wasn't a cook, but in the end, years later, she gave cooking lessons, like natural, natural food, which is also great. And I also got from her, I was treated very young, at a very young stage of age to take care of myself, to see, you know, to take care of the food. I grew up with really like the food, which is hip now. And it's like, it's organic, I grew up with natural. that. It's all organic. She did it all by herself. She oh, did wow. the butter. She, she baked the bread at night. And then oh, wow. at a, another stage, she found out, you know, that it's important what kind of colors you wear. So mm. she turned out, she founded her own business in doing like the, the, the color um, consulting. And she took me to when she had like, keynotes and and where she was working she took me with and I saw my mom you know growing to a woman which got kind of independent still in the in the marriage all great but you know the way of a woman that did her all by herself this grow and this and also handle the family because that was one of the the things that my dad always said family first and then the business which is also in terms of being conditioned really interesting because I turned it the other way <laughs> you're the stubborn one <laughs> I, uh, I am so this is really um, when it comes to a role model and to achievements and to see a woman that's her. that's my mom that's a beautiful story and I love hearing that you're the stubborn one in the family that's cool Doing uh, well you know Stephanie thank you so much for today's conversation I loved hearing about, you know, how you kickstarted your career in advertising, how you started your own beauty cosmetics brand on Gretel and really understanding also how you approach life. I think it's just so uplifting to talk to someone who just says, well, just make a decision, scrap it off, don't overthink and just enjoy the process and be passionate about it. You know, like that burning fire is so much needed and I can feel it. You totally transitioned that to me. I'm here on fire, excited for the day. Thank you so much for coming to the studio. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for the lovely words. Thank you. <laughs> we see each other soon and have a great day. Thank you so much. You too. Thank you for joining us today. You can subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And please don't forget to leave us a review. We're always excited to read them. If you want to interact with us, the guests, or the podcast listeners, then head over to our Instagram page at waa.berlin. And while you're there, make sure to check our webshop. Thank you again for listening, and we're looking forward to being back soon.